welcome back, everybody. It's time to grab your board and swim out into that sea of ideas because it's time for Sales Pipeline with the man who's already got his surfing gear on, Matt Hines. I'm ready to go, Paul. We have this small window of summer here in Seattle, and we are in the (laughs) thick of it. It is high 70s, low 80s. Later this weekend, it's going to get close to 90, and they're already talking about it. So this is where people in other parts of the country just sort of say, like, you've got your beach drizzle down there, Paul. (laughs) Up here, we are wimps about weather. Like, if we get a half inch of snow in the winter, the city shuts down. Yeah. If it gets to be 90 degrees here, and given this isn't 90 with humidity, this is 90 just hot. Yeah. Like, people freak out. It's the top of the news. You'll have the weatherman starting <laughs> off the local news telling you, don't go outside. Take oh, boy. water with you everywhere. You know, just it's we kind of are wimps about weather here. That's the opposite. I grew up in the Midwest, and I uh, was born in Minnesota, grew up in Michigan, especially in Minnesota. Summer is so short. You don't care when it's there. You just have to get it. You can't waste one day of it because it's only going to last three days the whole summer. So you better get the heck out there and do whatever you're going to do. So they're they're not wimps at all about. Or in, when when it snows, they keep going. But here I'm I'm yeah. with you. Yeah. Yeah. No. It's um. I don't know. I'm thankful that it is sunny. I'm thankful that, that it is warm. I'm thankful that I kicked out into the backyard. As long as the blow up pool has water and no spiders, <laughs> we are good to go. For another episode of Sales Pipeline Radio, thanks to everyone for joining us on another episode. If you are joining us live on the Funnel Media Radio Network, thank you for making us part of your work from home, work from the office by yourself day. We're kind of in that weird transition period, Paul, where everyone's doing different things. Yeah. If you're listening to us on the podcast, thank you very much for joining us. If you are new to Sales Pipeline Radio, we every week are covering some of the best and brightest ideas and minds and thinkers in the B2B sales and marketing space. And you can find every one of our episodes past and present, uh, almost 300 episodes now, Paul, up at uh, salespipelineradio.com. Always featuring some great guests today is absolutely no different. Very excited to have with us the CEO of Chili Piper, and I really hope I'm going to get this name now, Nicholas Vanderberg. Did I do that right? Did I miss a syllable? How are we doing? Pretty good. Pretty good. You're doing well. Thank you. Well, thank you very much. I know you're a busy guy. Thank you for joining us. I feel like despite you know, the pandemic and some of the headwinds we've seen in 2020, we are in a golden age of sales tools and sales uh, sales technology. And I think what you guys are doing with sort of calendar and inbox management is pretty special. So talk a little bit about what Chili Piper is and who your customers are and what you guys do. Uh, sure. We're a sales tech company. We uh, help salespeople do their job. More broadly, revenue teams do their job. Our leading product is solving a simple problem when people uh, come to a website and they want to engage with the company, they ask to submit a form. So they'll fill the form and submit that form. And until uh, we came up with a the product, they, they would get a thank you page. So they thank you, somebody's going to call you. And we found that sometimes nobody would call them, they would never hear from people. So we solved that problem. We have a solution that in real time, upon form submission, find the rep that should talk to that person, dial the rep, dial the person, put them in touch, or return the calendar of the rep and make sure they can book a time. That's our core product, Chili Piper. And around that, we build a suite of products uh, to help uh, uh, follow up, schedule follow-up meetings, multi-party meetings, and everything around uh, making uh, scheduling super easy and well integrated into this process. You talk a little bit about the benefits this has, not just for the sales team in terms of getting appointment scheduled, but also the buyer. I think too often when we talk about sales technology, we talk about, rightly, we talk about creating efficiency and value for sales teams. 
But it strikes me that as a user of, of these tools from both a buyer and a seller standpoint, as a buyer, it makes things a lot easier for me to feel like I'm controlled, in control of the buying process. How important has that been for you well, in the uh, development uh, Chile uh, uh, and the evolution you, of the suite of products yeah. you guys offer? I'll tell you a story that happened to me. At some stage in our sales team, we thought this time we upgrade our subscription to LinkedIn. And so I thought, okay, I'll just go and buy the, the whatever next version premium LinkedIn navigator um, I should I should buy. And I found that I couldn't just buy it with my credit card. I had to talk to a salesperson. So I used the form to talk to a salesperson. And upon form submission, nothing happened. And uh, a few days later, I was surprised that still nothing had happened. No email, no no phone call. So. I, in this case, I was motivated. I reached out again. And it turned out that somebody had called me. Somebody had called me the next day. It was a 408 number because LinkedIn is in the Bay Area. I don't have contacts with 408 number, so I didn't pick up the phone. I don't check my voicemails. I have too many. So if I hadn't been so motivated, they would have lost that deal. And from my perspective, it felt surprising that a company in the stature of a LinkedIn would not follow up on their call request. So it was a very poor experience. And the amazing thing is that Nowadays, so LinkedIn is an exception. They have very little competition, but for most of the companies, there is competition. And so buyers, if you don't call them back, they'll say, okay, that company is not worth doing business with. I'll just go to their competitor. Or if the competitor buys you back, then that's what you're going to go with. Uh, I think that where all decisions happen much faster than they used to. And, and from a buyer standpoint, you're going to go with the, the company that give you, uh, that is more responsive, that you will learn to trust from the very early days. So it has a huge impact. I was actually, uh, when, we, when we started building this product, I sampled a bunch of companies and said, uh, so what, how do you do your process? And they said, well, we have a sales development rep call upon the form submission. So I talked to the sales development reps and I said, so how is it going for you? He said, it's going great. I'm converting at 40%. So I said, what do you mean by that? It means out of 100 forms that were submitted, 40 of them got the meeting and I'm thinking, you mean to tell me that 60 people actually submitted a form, never heard from you or something, and in the end didn't get a meeting. And that seems to be the norm in the, in the B2B industry, at least, that companies lose 60% of their hard-earned pipeline and accept it that way. So that, that, that's the price they pay for providing a bad buyer experience, is that the, the buyers just move on and they just lose that potential revenue. So it's actually... Uh, quite amazing that the industry just has gone on for so long with this broken process. And this creates a problem for sellers as well as for the marketing organization, right? Where if you're not following up quickly, it's possible that your prospect is moving on to someone else that did. If you're a marketing team and you're not getting that connection with the prospect, then all of a sudden a well-meaning and potentially high potential marketing program is going to see less results as well. Who do you see really sort of clamoring to solve this problem, if anybody right now? Is this, I mean, is it, this is a tool that supports sales, but are marketers getting involved in helping to support this from a sales enablement standpoint as well? Uh, that's a very interesting question because uh, our intuition when we built that tool uh, was the same as what you hinted, is that sales would really want it because they are the people tasked to follow up with the leads, and if we can help them follow faster, they will do it. It turned out to be the opposite. It turned out that it's marketing who was in the driving seat in procuring our solution. It seems that sales is used to their process and they happy continuing their own sweet way, where marketing is now 
more and more measured on pipeline as opposed to just leads, right? So it's no longer uh, sufficient for marketing to say, hey, I gave you 100 leads this week. It's these leads where they qualify, where they pipeline. So as marketing is now measured on pipeline, they have an interest in making sure that the leads that have submitted the form are actually booked and talked to and ideally processed. So we're finding that it's mostly marketers who come to us and say, hey, help me uh, fix our process and recover this uh, lost pipeline. Talk a little about the places where this is useful. So I think a lot of people are used to having some automated scheduling tools in various formats. A lot of times it's being done in an email back. And so you're eliminating sort of this back and forth in email of, well, what's your schedule like? No, I can't do that. And so in terms of scheduling something with an instant prospect and email, that's one thing. But this has extensions beyond that. What are some other places like events, live events and other places where this can really streamline the connection process? Yeah, events is another great example. And obviously nowadays there aren't many events, but same thing apply. You know, when companies were sponsoring trade shows, they would send 10, 20, 30 people at Dreamforce, say, and then they'd come back and they would have scanned badges. And when you scan badges, then you have to do all sorts of steps to uh, email these people whom you scan, trying to re-engage with them. So what we told them is say, hey, don't do that. Don't scan badges, just book the meeting on the spot. And they said, well, we can't do that because we have to decide who to route and uh, who to give it to and how to qualify. And that's what we built in our software, the ability to qualify and route in real time. So we have a solution where if you go to one of our customers' booth at, say, Dreamforce, you'll immediately be able to book a meeting right on the spot and receive the invite on your iPhone while you're talking to the, the person. All the aspects are throughout the life cycle of a, of a relationship. You find that meetings are crucial and the ability to book a meeting super easily in just one click is, makes a difference. So most of our customers... Uh, Start with their inbound process, like I mentioned, on the website. Uh, we help them book the net new logos. But then typically they deploy us for their customer success team, customer support team. All of them want to be able to book meetings faster. And so if somebody, like say you're sending a renewal email and say, hey, we should talk about your renewal to, to um, at time next week, say, there may be more than one person in the meeting. You want to make that process super easy, right? You don't want to have to exchange five emails to make that meeting happen. So... What we find is that typically we start with marketing and then every other department ends up with Chili Piper and with a better way to book meetings. It's actually something that will become completely standard, I think, in the coming years that uh, you no longer extend emails, you just use Chili Piper or something equivalent to propose sometimes and have the software do all the tedious work for you. Hey, we got to take a quick break, pay some bills. We'll be back with more with our guest today, CEO of Chili Piper, Nicholas Vanderberg. We're going to be talking more about making sales teams more efficient, talking about lessons from a lifetime of entrepreneurship and more. We'll be right back with Sales Pipeline Radio. How do you continue to drive predictable revenue in an increasingly unpredictable time? Creating a revenue growth engine is no small task, nor is it one that can be done overnight. And these days, it can feel harder than ever to hit your stride. So how can you overcome the obstacles? Read the new research report on the state of predictable revenue growth from Sixth Sense and Heinz Marketing. Get it now at hub.sixcents.com slash PRG. That's hub.sixcense.com slash PRG. Okay, back with Matt and his guest. 
Yeah, just uh, staring out the window wistfully. As much as I love Sales Pop Iron Radio, looking forward to getting out there in the sunshine today. Recording here from the temporary Heinz Marketing Headquarters in Kirkland, Washington. Yes, Paul. Are you all dressed up and ready to go? I mean, have you got your board shorts on? Have you got your flip flops or your flippers? Uh, you know, I mean, are you as soon Some as this that, show's I over? Mean, I um, you know, we we don't do this as a video, so I'm you know I'm I'm still in my workout clothes with my <laughs> flip flops on. It's uh, one of the benefits of working from home. You just you do what you got to do, especially in the summer, just to get a little get a little comfortable. But uh, I know we just got a few more minutes with our guests today here. Uh, CEO of Chili Piper uh, Calendar and Inbox Tools for high-performing revenue teams, Nicholas Vanderberg. And so I want to take a step back and, and uh, change gears a little bit. You are a longtime, multi-time um, uh, entrepreneur. You have founded and run many, many companies. And I know we get a lot of people listening to this call that are at startups, that are founders themselves, that are considering going down that road themselves. Would love to get some advice from you on what you've experienced, the good, the bad, the ugly, and sort of, you know, for people that are going down that road that may not have the at-bats you've had, what kind of advice you'd give them? Indeed, I don't know about many, many, but, but uh, yes, it's my fourth company, and then it's some uh, exits. There's a great quote from Paul Graham, uh, the YC community guy, who says, only thing that kills startup is not doing, making uh, something that users want. And the biggest mistake that entrepreneurs make is not trying long enough. So fundamentally, you know, at the end of the day, there's this other quote by Anderson, uh, Mark Anderson, Anderson Horvitz, who said, you know, product market fit is what matters. At the end of the day, you start a company, you've got to focus on the product and do something that really brings value and gets you users. And it rarely happens, you know, in one iteration. You know, there's this myth that, Maybe it happened with Slack where they put it online and they all of a sudden they're 10,000 people and the next day 20,000 people. In real life, it doesn't happen that way. It takes a long time to iterate and, um, and find this product market fit. So find a product that people really love. And that is the key to, to every company, uh, every successful company is to be willing to spend the time and the attention and listen to the feedback until you get that, that product to really work. The rest, you know, once you have a product that works, there's always a way to bring it to market. And you, you can listen to your podcast and learn all the great techniques on how to bring it to market. And you can learn that. But the foundation is to get that product working. And I think what uh, uh, often people don't do is uh, spend enough cycles on it. So iterate enough. You know, you, you always want to keep improving it. Does that get harder what, what, as the business gets bigger, as it grows, as you add more people? I mean, I, I feel like I had someone tell me once who had worked at Microsoft and then had run a couple of startups successfully. He said, you know, sometimes the difference between a big company and small company is small companies as they grow are forced to look externally to focus on those customers. As you said, as companies get bigger, sort of sometimes naturally they just start focusing internally. They focus on politics, they get a product and they start iterating a product based on their ideas versus a customer ideas. Is that something that you see startups making the mistake around? And how do you stay customer focused as you grow the team and sort of generate momentum in the business? Uh, you're exactly right. That's, that's the reason why there are opportunities for uh, startups like us to be successful. It's because it's big companies that get involved in this complex decision process and uh, and they get lost. The question I often get, you know, from potential investors, say, uh, so we in sales tech, they say, well. How do you know that Salesforce is not going to come and copy you? And then look, and think if, if you look at the pace at which Salesforce move, you'll see that uh, that's not a concern. You know, the advantage of Salesforce is that we're able to move fast and exactly what you said, be externally focused, get feedback from customers and not get lost in internal uh, politics. 
So the second part of your question is how can these big companies avoid that? And actually, there's one company that's very successful at innovating, uh, keep bringing new solutions in multiple uh, spaces, and that company is Amazon. So if you look at Amazon, they started selling books. Now they are the leading IT company in the world with AWS. They uh, have all sorts of initiatives. And the way they do it is that they treat their business as a portfolio and of uh, businesses and give them a lot of autonomy. So somebody at Amazon who wants to get funding, like budget, actually has to apply to this funding as if he was uh, uh, pitching a VC, like looking for funding as a VC. And so they've been able to recreate this uh, startup environment with, inside of uh, Amazon. And the results are spectacular on the, uh, how fast they uh, innovate and bring new products. So there is a way to do it. It's just, I would think, something that big companies would have to implement very early on in their in their life cycle. Just a couple more minutes here with our guest CEO Chili Piper Nicholas Vanderberg, and you know as, as you look at the sales technology space, there's a lot of companies. There's a lot of unicorns. There's companies that are. And I just saw like earlier this week. I think Gong got a, a significant new investment, and in they're valued now at over two billion dollars. I mean, there's some big big money being thrown around. Big big valuations. Do you think we'll see more consolidation in this space? Do you think we'll continue to see growth and innovation in new areas? What do you see over the next sort of one to two years in sales technology? The latter, the growth and innovation. There are a lot of uh, uh, problems that need to be solved in the sales and marketing processes. There's a lot of ideas and there's a fundamental difference now versus 10 years ago, and that is that everything is cloud-based and integration can be done very easily. That is process called OAuth, where an application asks another application to have access to the other application's data, right? So that's how, that's how you connect, uh, that's how we connect with Salesforce, for example. And that OAuth process is just two clicks away. So if you serve operation somewhere and you need multiple tools to do different things, it's super easy to make them work together because of this new uh, process OAuth in the cloud. So as a result, every solution gets somebody, uh, some startup focused on, and the startup is going to come up with a better solution. So Gong is a better solution for call intelligence, right? You get the reporting. And then we have a better solution to book meetings that, that will later lead to that call. And there's another solution. And you can very easily put all these things together. So as a result, there's a lot of innovation. And, and I, see with, I think we'll see more and more. The consolidation, if it happens, will be much later. You know, this has been a different year than I think we all thought it was going to be. It's been impressive to watch sort of Chili Peppers continue to growth. And I think probably maybe even a heightened level of need at a time when a lot of sales channels have changed and been cut off. And so we're looking for ways to create greater efficiency between buyers and sellers. As you look back at this year so far, I think we've been asking this question of a lot of our guests sort of at the end of our interview here is, you know, what's one thing that since March, since we've all kind of been in lockdown that you miss that you can't wait to go back to doing or experiencing? What's maybe one thing that you don't miss <laughs> that you're not going to go back to that you're not going to make part of your new normal? You mean in general or in, in the business? In general, for you. Okay. All right. So I, I should preface the fact that uh, C Piper, uh, entirely distributed company. So we, we have uh, people in 40 cities and 15 countries. Uh, we Starting in 2016, we didn't think that the virus would hit, but uh, it's not that we were prepared. So uh, we're very used to that operating model where everybody works from a different place and we all collaborate uh, online. 
So from a business standpoint, that we we missing nothing. We business as usual. From a personal standpoint, what I miss the most is restaurants. I love going to restaurants. You sit down, you uh, hang out with people, and the fact that you have to order food or now they've opened a few restaurants outdoors and things like that. I think it's a part of life, and maybe it's my French uh, origin that I'm very tied to food. But I, I do miss these nice summer evenings, you know, when you can just uh, have a nice uh, drink and you don't need to wear a mask and you can just hang out with people in beautiful and restaurants enjoying food. That's what I miss the most. Well, we will get back there eventually. We got to run now, but I want to thank our guest again, uh, CEO of Chili Piper, Nicholas Vanderberg. Uh, if you want to listen to this again and you want to learn more about and share this with your team to learn more about sales technology and innovations between sellers and buyers, you can check out this episode on demand in a couple of days up at salespipelineradio.com. But between now and then, we're done. On behalf of my great producer, Paul, this is Matt Hines. Thanks for joining us on another episode of Sales Pipeline Radio. And with that, we wrap up another episode of Sales Pipeline Radio right here on the Funnel Radio channel for at-work listeners like you.